Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Fundamentalists Podcast. This is the third episode of our second season. Uh, my name is Elliot Morgan, and I'm here with my podcasting partner, Peter Rollins. This is a podcast about life and philosophy and theology, and um, you came up with a great tagline the other yeah, day. Yeah, I was thinking, uh, what was it, exploring the possibility of life before death. Love it. Very there cool, very fun. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> It also plays into the fact that we're called the fundamentalists. Yeah, that's what I was trying to play with. Yeah, Yeah, life after death, life before death, all of that. Very cool. Well, um, yeah, so um, a little housekeeping, I guess. I am uh, on my way, or about to be on my way to Palm Springs. And so I am mentally already there. Yeah. And I'm waiting. Grace has stuff this morning, and when she's done... We're gonna drive for hours, and we're gonna go. Uh, we're gonna go to that beautiful, beautiful city. If you guys have uh, listening have never been to Palm Springs, it's basically an oasis in the desert, and it's very cool and very hip. Have you been before? No, I've been to that Desert Springs Mall and Casino. Is that in Palm Springs? It's next to it. All yeah. oh, right, that's the closest I've think, been. Yeah. I think. I think I've driven through Palm Springs. Yeah. Um, it's a little patch of land and it's um, just wonderfully clean and nice and just very idyllic and I love it very much. So anyway, yeah. I'm very excited so I apologize if I come off a little bit um, aloof or more aloof than usual. I love I get that almost every week I think you apologize for not being really? completely in the room. It's like, oh, you know, I'm a bit tired. Do I do that? Well, not every week, but I would say every one in four. Yeah. One in four is not bad. That's yeah. about right. A seventy-five percent. Yeah, but I, I think this is like, this is, by the way, a good example of what we're going to be talking about today. Because what you're doing is you're giving the obstacle to why this won't be as good. You know, the oh, the episode would be amazing if I wasn't, you know, thinking about Palm Springs. Right. There's a little obstacle that prevents it being great, which gives people a fantasy that we could be fantastic. Yes. If there was no obstacle, they would realize the show's crap, but they wouldn't have the fantasy that it could be good if only Elliot and Pete were really on on course. So at least now they know it's crap, but they have a fantasy that it could be amazing. <clears throat> right. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So. I mean, I'm, I would engage with that more, but I'm so tired that I can't possibly uh, know how to, to, to rebut that. But um, yeah, you're right. That's This is exactly what we're going to be talking about. We're going to be talking about trauma today. We're going to be talking about all sorts of fun stuff. Yeah. In the meantime, uh, we have noticed that there is a number of people of wonderful people yeah. who are leaving very nice Thank reviews you. on our uh, on our oh. iTunes, which is very nice. It's a podcast, a little podcast, and with a big heart, and it's growing. And uh, we if, really appreciate. It. I like. I went online. And I couldn't believe it. There was like four hundred reviews. Yeah, it's I was so like, sweet. Whoa. Yes. And- some wow. are, and not, it, they're not all about how I interrupt you too much. Is that right? It's okay. very nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, but if you were here, you'd interrupt them yeah, too. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Uh, but no, if you haven't and you wouldn't mind, we would super appreciate if you do enjoy this podcast. And even if you don't, yeah. go leave us a review. And no, uh, even if you don't, leave us a five star review. Even if you don't, lie. <laughs> even if you hear that, still, you we can don't give us a five star review. <laughs> this isn't one of those podcasts that's like, we're about truth. Yeah. No. Let's make, please make us feel good <laughs> and validate us. But um, it actually does help us. So if uh, you get a chance to do that, it'd be super appreciated. We're actually just trying to get the number of reviews themselves up because that helps a little bit. But in terms of a podcast uh, about philosophy and brain stuff, this is, it's, we're doing, we're doing okay. I think we're doing all yeah. right. Yeah. That's, uh, which is, of course, 
Um, that means we just want to get better, and then we're gonna we don't want to get uh, addicted to the numbers or anything. But it feels but nice. I, and I feel like I feel we we found our feet in the last like uh, six or eight episodes. So yeah, I've been really like consistently feeling. Oh, this is right where we're going, and we're we're committed to making it better. I and can't wait. We're gonna do more live shows. We're talking about areas. Ooh, yeah. um, if you are concentrated in a particular area and you would like to see us do a podcast live, um, and we get multiple. Um, tweets or whatever tweet us uh at elliot c morgan and at peter rollins let us know or um just you know you can dm us on instagram and comment on instagram we don't really give a poop uh what you do but um you can communicate with us and if you're in an area that you'd like to see us live that also helps because i can take that info and i can take it to a booker and i can take it to uh, an agent and i can prove just with a few tweets um that there is excitement in certain areas at least that's how it works with the stand-up um the stand-up stuff it's like if you basically show anybody in like detroit being like please yeah. come then it, it helps me and i would uh, love to do club. detroit i love i know detroit. i've never been to detroit I, oh, detroit's such a cool city yeah. i think it's probably the opposite of palm springs but it's uh which is great yeah that's fine yeah it's palm all springs grit is, and earthiness and it feels like belfast <laughs> palm springs is the grown-up vegas for me it's ah, okay. like a more um it's a more mature vegas and Vegas is just scum and disgust and sin. And I love, obviously, yeah. I love Vegas. And oh my gosh. Oh. I never have we my phone not turned pros up. Here, oh my know? God. I'm so sorry, everybody. We'll edit that out. No, we won't. Joe uh, Rogan doesn't do that kind of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well, that's, and he is who I, uh, I aspire, aspire to. Yeah. I follow him on Instagram, and he's always like, he's always got this, uh, this look on him that's like, I just did this sauna. I did this workout thing. I did this. I've made this elk. I cook, and he's living his life, man. Yeah, and he's he's living a life of uh, kind of buku uh, buku dollars. You know, he's in the same office that SourceFed was in for a oh, long no. time. So it's really strange when I I watch his like Instagram stuff and I see him in like the big open area because I have so many weird memories of that place and so many those were such formative years for me in so many ways that um it's so strange to see this like mega popular guy just like roaming around and making that office look cooler than it ever looked um Uh, during the source fed days but anyway it's a cool thing so there's a a guy i know who really lived his life and sadly he died last week and he's a guy called clement von frankenstein really yeah wow Wow. clement von frankenstein frankenstein and he was is this just in a book you're reading no this is a he (laughs) he feels like a character out of a book he was such a larger than life eccentric weird bizarre and wonderful man he was an actor he was in he was a character actor in loads of movies the first movie he was in was the young frankenstein i think they put him in because oh. of his name cool and uh he uh yeah he was a lovely guy he just died last week uh, he's from the uk but he his family were killed in a plane crash he was brought up by some other people and he was in the army for years he went to eton college and then he came out to America, became an actor. Cool. And he's just a, he's a, he was a guy who I aspire to because he just, uh, he had this vivacious love for life. There's such an, yeah, there's such an attraction to people who just live. I mean, to a degree we do it, but you see these people that are just the, like, they're completely outside of the framework of what is expected of people. And like, yeah. they end up with these insane lives 
and I've grown to uh, appreciate it more as I get older. Just yeah. like the people that their stories are just like, wow. I think ooh. the the only thing that gets in the way of me living that life is that I don't leave the apartment very much. Right. I feel like I've got everything right, except yeah. for I should maybe go out a little bit more. Yep. Last night <laughs> we had a friend over and uh, he had to leave because it was, it was Game of Thrones. Um, so, uh, sorry, this is coming out, I'm sure, after Game of Thrones is wrapped. But um, he... Uh, yeah, I was like, "Do you want to get food?" And he's like, ah, "I gotta go, you know, go back watch watch Game of Thrones with uh, with the wife." And and I was like, "Okay." I was like, and I didn't even ask you if you wanted to go get a bite to eat because you were literally in a bathrobe and slippers. And I was like, I'm just gonna go. And, and go well, you like, did actually ask, but you asked in a way that you knew the answer. Yeah, already. I was like, do you? I mean, yeah, do you? you're obviously not gonna come. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> but just so you know, you're welcome. Um, yeah, and then I came back and it was time to watch Game of Thrones, and you were like, Yeah, I'm in bed. And I was yeah. like, All right, well, yeah, it's done. The night's done. I'm just watching Black Books. Yes, it yeah. was nine fifteen. Nine fifteen. <laughs> but I did watch a few episodes of Black Books, which uh, oh yeah, I'm a huge yeah. Fan that's great yeah, yeah I, mean, I will definitely dive into that soon because peep show is a, I, I just I'm to a p- place now with peep show where I just want to watch peep show all the way through again because oh, yeah. I'm like I've done that so many times yeah I know and there's so many funny parts to that show and it's definitely a show that like if it's not a great British bake-off it's peep show that I'm watching with oh, grace yeah. which is really nice because it's like a nice palate cleanser from like reality television but uh yeah, I, I'm also following all these meme accounts that are peep show meme accounts, and they're not as funny as just peep show in general. So they're, it'll be like a meme, like when my therapist says, why, you know, blah, 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 or when I have too much to do, to do. and it's just like really basic yeah. memes, but then the lines that they're using for the memes are very funny, little screenshots. From yeah. the show. Anyway, this yeah. is... Uh, By the way, what something I love about uh, British TV programs is people are, like you mentioned the Great British Bake Off, because there's a thing in the UK where in America it was all about big prizes. You're going to win a car, you're going to win a house, you're going to win a, you know, a, a fancy vacation. It's massive, everything's big. And the, the shows back home at the same time were all about uh, you're, you might win 20 pounds. Yeah. You might win a book token. Um, and then there was a TV program that was on when I grew up that was literally just watching a dog herd sheep and put it into sheep pens. And now I'm seeing that these programs that have like really low stakes are kind of quite popular here. Yeah. So the Great British Bake Off's an example where there's no big stakes. No one cares. No one cares. And it's actually really, really nice TV to watch. It's so nice. Because Great British Bake Off is unbelievably <laughs> good TV to watch. Yeah. It's so, and they're they're nice. Yeah. They're helpful. And then... Um, the, there's no adrenaline. There's no adrenaline. <laughs> Once uh, we were watching an episode of the Great British Bake Off where a woman like cuts her hand and, um, and they, they don't, preview it at the beginning of the episode like yeah. you do in American television where it'll oh, like yeah. be like this week on I'm bleeding like the medic gets rushed in instead it's just there's no warning of it the girl cuts her hand they come in they look at it she's like bleeding everywhere Yeah, and uh, and then they just move past it and it's yeah. like they don't harp on it they don't they don't interview them later like that's not the ad break that comes back yeah and then it's plays the it. best yeah. it's actual reality television and uh, yeah it's um and then we started watching the Great American Baking Show, okay. which was a show from 2012 that Jeff Foxworthy hosted, and they it was a, it was taken from it was Great British Bake Off, and then they made Great American Bake Off, and like you're saying with the prizes in the American version, it has to big big big. The prize is two hundred fifty thousand dollars in a book deal. <laughs> what and is I was it like, in the UK? What is it? I, I don't, don't even think, win, I don't think even it's think a cash prize. Yeah, I don't even know. It's definitely not two hundred and fifty thousand. Uh, no, 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 no. Um, and it's this. And I think then, it's a book token. <laughs> and it's American. The American bakers are uh-huh. garbage compared to the British bakers, and the stuff they're making is like this is my croissant, 
And then in the British Bake Off, it's like this giant tower that has like you know, flowing <laughs> chocolate and caramelized like whatever. Anyway, yeah. it's very fun. And very, Here, well, when very you're cool. ready for the next level, go to Come Dine with Me. Have you ever watched Come Dine with Me? Mm-mm. Oh, it's you like it. It's kind of trashy UK TV, but it's just these dinner parties. They get five or six people together and they each do a dinner party and everybody else votes on which dinner party oh, is the yeah, best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's very low stakes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, TV. I will do that for <laughs> sure. Um, that'll be next on the, the docket. But anyway, yeah. so podcast. We're doing a podcast. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> got a lot of excitement around reality television right now. Um, so let's talk about drama. Yeah. Well, you know, and I... Speaking I was, of baking. Speaking of baking. But the, the, th- the reason why I thought this would be a good thing to talk about was because of a TV show. So there is some connection. Okay, talk there TV. you go. We found the bridge. And, and also we were talking to a friend who's going through stuff and that, you know, it's all in my mind. What mm-hmm. is trauma, etc. And the show that I'm thinking about is an episode from Electric Dreams. Do you know okay. Electric Dreams? No, which I do is, not. Yeah, based on the Philip K. Dick short stories. Nope. nope. Oh yeah, do you know Philip K. Dick? Nope. Philip K. Dick's fascinating. He is the he wrote short stories that were made into a pile of movies. You'll know Blade Runner as well. Oh, cool. Them. Yeah. Um, and that's literally the only one I can sure. think of right now. But Good there's enough. loads of them. That's a big one. Uh, that's a big one. Oh, Total Recall. Oh yeah. Um, okay. I know and, that's uh, okay. Yeah, a variety of other ones. And they're K- short stories. Check, I think. Most he wrote a lot of short stories. Like there's five volumes of short stories at least. And then he also wrote books. So Blade Runner was based on a book called "Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep?" And cool. that's a that's not a short story. Cool. Um, so yeah. So what? It basically, I think whatever network did it, they were competing with Black Mirror. Yeah. So Black Mirror was out. So this other network went. Let's take some Philip K. Dick short stories, make them into these. So episodes. this is pretty recent. Pretty Black recent. I think last year. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now I haven't really watched it. I watched one this morning for this show, uh, but I was listening to uh, Zero Books, a guy called Doug Lane. I like a, how you 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 watch the show just to prepare for I the did, podcast. I did, I researched. Like, oh, I gotta watch yeah. this hour of TV. I yeah, <laughs> it was nice research. But I, I got the idea from uh, Doug Lane, who has a great podcast called Zero Books, and he used this episode, first season, first episode, it's called Real Life, to talk about... Um, what trauma is so cool. I'm, I'm basically gonna you know inspired by him i'm gonna use the same show cool uh so the storylines this opens up there's this woman um she's got this perfect life she's in the future she's a cop got a flying car she's a lesbian got this beautiful lesbian wife mm-hmm. uh beautiful home but she, she lucked ha- out that her wife is also a lesbian yeah yes that's right that was lucky <laughs> so she's got this idyllic life everything's great Except that she, um, while she was uh, out trying to capture a criminal, uh, a lot of her friends and colleagues were gunned down. And so she's suffering from this trauma of seeing her colleagues killed. She survived, she's got survivor's guilt, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So what she does, her partner says, is you should have this vacation. What you do is you go to this place, you put on this headset, and what happens is you basically go into a type of dream world. Uh, you go into a place that you would like to be and you take up a different life and just basically get a vacation from your trauma. Mm-hmm. You're, you're suffering and do that. And it's an actual life. This is someone's actual life. No, no, it's total fantasy. Computer it's program. just computer program. Okay, or it's cool. a, a, a kind of a computer VR. program based on your unconscious dreams oh, and desires. Oh, wow. So okay. it takes your dreams and desires and constructs an alternative world. Wow, cool. Right? Okay. But typical Philip K. Dick, right? 
you've got this other storyline. The other storyline is about this guy in 2012. He owns basically the biggest company in the world worth three or four billion dollars. Uh, and it's a tech company. And he is a designer of this technology that can give you a vacation into your mind. Now, so her unconscious desires and her her uh, her wanting to escape from this resulted in a fantasy where she was actually the creator of the technology she was experiencing. Well, yes, yes. So yeah, when she puts it on, she becomes this man okay. in the past who's creating this technology. That's where her mind takes her. Um, and this guy has you know billions of dollars, his perfect life. However, he has a trauma as well. His wife was brutally murdered by a criminal. His wife is also lesbian. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, this happened uh, on, on the, it went viral on a video. And so he's basically a vigilante, Batman type. He goes out at night, he fights crime. Oh, cool. So it's kind of cool. But in the Philip K. Dick styles, you don't know which is true and which isn't, right? Is the mm-hmm. real life, because he's traumatized. So what he does is he puts on the, the headgear and he becomes a lesbian in the future. Sure. He has this really cool life but who saw her colleagues killed. Yeah. So throughout the show, you're going, is the real person the man who's escaping into the fantasy of being this lesbian in the future? Or is the real person the woman who's fantasizing about being this all-powerful, ultra-rich man? Is that like Westworld? I, I only watched a little bit of Westworld, but is that kind of like what Westworld is? Don't you like kind of, isn't the whole conceit of that show like you sort of enter into like as a vacation an alternate reality that's except true. this is based on your unconscious yeah so that's different than Westworld and, and in this you don't know what's real and what's not I guess in Westworld it, the question you know. is what is what is yeah. a human uh, so it's more like maybe uh, okay. Blade Runner it's what is a human what is not a and human how do they set it up that you don't know what's real and what's not because it sounds like it's definitely the woman who's real like do they sort of start flirting with it like as you watch it and they're like oh shit this is not Exactly. So it start. It opens with her. So at first you think, oh, it's her life. Yeah. But then it just basically cuts to this alternative world, and then you see that, and then it links them. Yeah. And basically, she's talking about going and being this man. He's talking about going and being this woman, mm-hmm. and you're kind of confused about which it is. Now, annoyingly, the episode is not as good as its concept. So it it answers the question at the end. And it answers the question in a really poor way. It basically misses the radicality of its own position. Mm -hmm. So basically it turns out that it is the woman who is the real person. Like Christianity itself. Ah, yes, very good. Welcome to the fundamentalists. (laughs) So yeah, the woman is real and the man is not. Um, And it also misses the the real insight of the episode, which we'll get into in a second. Cool, okay. Um, But yeah, oh, go ahead. It reminds me, um, I mean, there's so many things like what you're talking about that like obviously Black Mirror is one, Westworld is one. Um, The very fact that objectively speaking, we are currently living in a simulation is also something to explore there. But (laughs) what it it reminds me of, to bring it back to um, uh, uh, evangelical or modern Christianity, do you know of a writer named Ted Decker? No. So no one does that I know of, but he's a very successful Christian fiction writer that when I was um, younger, I would read so many of his books. And he sort of was like a Frank, you know, Frank Peretti. Frank Peretti, yeah. So he sort of was like post Frank Peretti, but more like fantastical, more like uh, um, fantasy driven, I guess. But he did this series called The Circle, which was like red, blue, red, black, white and green i think and he he wrote it as a trilogy and then he wrote one called white that i think connected all of them and he actually apparently 
it's it's really cool the way he did it but no matter where you pick up in the series you can just keep reading all the way through and it, everything links together which is really neat um but uh it was about a guy i as i recall it was it's probably you know 15 years since i read it um but it was about a guy who falls asleep and then wakes up in a dream world wakes up in like this different sort of fantasy life and then also loses track of what's real and what's not and can go in between and the point it's like he'll fall asleep and then wake up and then wake up out of the next one and then both things things are happening in both lives yeah, and it's yeah, very yeah. very cool but it's yeah. different than what you're talking about so well, yeah, just, that, that sounds more similar actually yeah that sounds much more similar and this is a theme that Philip K. Dick is always playing with like in so many of his stories you're, you don't know either if someone's real or a machine. Yeah. They don't know if they're real or they're a machine. Obviously, Blade Runner is a good example of that. Yeah. Or you don't know if you're in a fantasy world or in reality. Yeah. And so Philip K. Dick's always playing with those themes. And he's brilliant at it. Absolutely fantastic cool. at it. But here's the, the thing. Um, there was a, a critic, and this is what Doug Lane was responding to, a critic who said, the problem with the show is that it's asking these philosophical questions, but it doesn't get to the heart of people it's, it's it doesn't connect you personally with the individuals involved it's too philosophical as a show so it doesn't really work and doug lane's response and this is what i thought was really interesting was he had no no the guy's misunderstanding it this episode is not really about which life is real what is reality are we caught in a fiction um this episode is actually talking about the most personal thing you can talk about which is how trauma repeats well how trauma works and so the idea is this, is that, that both of these people, let's pretend for a second they're both, uh, we don't know which is real or which isn't. Mm -hmm. Both of them have an ideal type of life. That is that there's only one thing that gets in the way. So for the man, he's like, he's this all powerful man. He's, he's got all this wealth, but the one problem is his wife is brutally murdered. It gets in the way so he can't enjoy his life. For the woman, her life is perfect. She's got a great partner. She lives in the future. Uh, but uh, the trauma is that she saw her colleagues die. Yeah. And then what they do is they each try to escape the trauma by going into a fantasy life. But the trauma repeats in the fantasy life. Yeah. So for a sense, if you think about it, for the woman, her fantasy is... I want to be a man who is all powerful and wealthy. So that's a fantasy. That's it. Like a, a, a lot of women, a lot of men will have that fantasy. So she has that fantasy. That's in her dreams. I want to be as powerful, uh, respected man who is incredibly wealthy, creating new technologies that are transforming the world. And then the man has a fantasy. I want to be a woman who's sleeping with a woman, right? Yeah. A, kind of a, a male and fighting fantasy crime and, and fighting crime in the future mm -hmm. with a flying car, right? But each of their fantasies, the trauma returns in a different way. The guy's 11 years old. Yeah. <laughs> or 13. <laughs> I'm be a hot lesbian in the future fighting crime. Like, okay. Okay. Yep. There we go. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Sadly, it's probably a very true fantasy. <laughs> sure, Kyle. Me. I'm sure that's exactly what you want. <laughs> yeah. So the weird, I think it's quite funny that you can kind of see the two different fantasies and yep. how they're kind of like actually relatively accurate to how yeah. some people fantasize. Um, but the issue is the trauma is the very thing you can't escape, which kind of is a way of saying that like, no matter how much you change your life, no matter how many iterations your life takes, traumas will return. Mm -hmm. They return in different guises. So if you have a trauma about relationships and you change your relationship and you, you go out with somebody else, often 
the same trauma will repeat in a different way in your new life. There's no way to escape the trauma. These people are trying to escape their trauma, but their trauma constantly returns because the trauma isn't something that is in the fabric of their life. It is what tears the fabric of their life. So you can't escape the trauma by creating a new fabric because it's not the fabric that's the problem. It's the tear in the fabric that's the issue. So trauma is a type of tear in the fabric of your reality. So, okay, the tear in the fabric of the reality sounds, that's, I can't quite conceptualize yeah. that, but I, it, um, uh, it reminds me of how um, I am dating someone who is not, who hasn't previously dated uh anyone who will be remain Uh, nameless who will remain nameless (laughs) because i'm very private about these things but um she's i think grace is learning and and we've had so many discussions about like the christian sort of shame christian guilt christian whatever and kind of like an upbringing in that environment and sort of like how um as much as i can um, try and try to backslide and try and try to be the prodigal son that like escapes this this and uh, you know mentality of like I'm going to go to hell if I f this up in some way. Uh, it's still there all the time. Yeah, and as, yeah, yeah. as far as I run from it, it is it will pop up and it has popped up and it's so interesting. And to me, it's all very fascinating and it's it's very like interesting when it does cuz I'm like, "Oh, there it is. There's yeah. that. There's that stuff again." Uh yeah. and I'm like, "It doesn't go away. It's yes. like in the DNA. It's in my DNA." Yeah. And so it's part of who I am and it's just like there's no I could be the biggest deviant in the world and I sort of sometimes play that up a little bit and I think a part of the reason I play up like the I will you know go out and I'll drink and I'll smoke things and I'll just you know have a great time and I'll do this kind of like joke around like on this big party but I think part of it is because I'm trying to run from this like trauma I don't know if that's the right word but yeah. this like haunting permanent um, sort of just like shadow that like follows me around yeah there. that's a brilliant point and that the, that's the problem with conversion and it in the traditional sense is you can move from one say religion to another or from one from one religion to no religion or no religion to religion mm-hmm. you and that, that basically transforms kind of everything in your life you might have a new friendship group you ha- have a whole new worldview but the one thing you can't shake is uh, the shadow itself mm-hmm. that 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 sticks with you and it will manifest in different ways slightly different ways so in this tv show one of them is the death of his wife the other is the the death yeah. of her partners but the loss the lack returns i wish both of their traumas weren't like mere like the same i wish yeah. one of the traumas was like something more like heartbreak or some kind of something like that that, that almost seems like it'd be a more yeah. but i haven't seen the episode so yeah. i don't know and, and there could I'm critiquing be a, something i haven't seen yeah and the the interesting thing about that is if you make a distinction between two different types of trauma uh in philosophy you call it ontological trauma and ontic trauma so ontic trauma is the trauma that happens to you mm-hmm. so it happens in your history it's like you maybe break up with somebody when you're young you're they have an affair they mm-hmm. they uh or they they just leave you for no apparent reason mm-hmm. right and you're traumatized by it right so that happened to you didn't happen mm-hmm. to me happened to you and what happens is annoyingly we re- we tend to repeat those so they they do so if you if your issue is broken relationship that's contingent it just ha- the first relationship you had ended horribly that becomes necessary. What you find is you repeat that mm-hmm, mm-hmm, in different mm-hmm. ways. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But very true. Very yeah. true. That makes sense. That rings true. Yeah. So it's called repetition compulsion, where you repeat. 
So it's so in one sense, weirdly, you do repetition compulsion. compulsion. Is yeah. that what you said? Yeah, dude, that's so funny. My therapist just used that term Wednesday. He's never right? used that term with me. He was like, it's called repetition compulsion. Yeah. Oh right. Oh yeah, yeah. Wow, cool. It's this weird compulsion to repeat and to repeat something. That you just repeated repetition compulsion. Yeah. Repetition compulsion. <laughs> Good God. I've yeah. never had, I mean, that's like a weird, because I've never heard that term before. It's fun to see it pop oh, up yeah, twice. Pop up but, a couple of times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, well, that's what it is. Because it's weird. Why do we repeat horrible dreams? Why do we repeat uh, traumatic experiences? Whenever you'd think from an evolutionary perspective, you just wouldn't. You yeah. Would just, uh, that would be not beneficial to the, the organism. Yeah. Uh, but then there's ontological trauma. Was that a slight trauma. jab at evolutionary psychology? It? Well, it's, a, it's yeah. Yeah, I don't think it. I shots fired. Yeah, shots fired. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> thanks for bringing that. Thanks for showing that. Yep. I was trying to get that under the rug. Yeah, it was yeah, a yeah. subtweet. Uh, yeah. Um, but then there's ontological <laughs> trauma. Subtweet. Yeah. And ontological trauma is is in a sense there's the traumas that happen to you and mm-hmm. there's the trauma that is you, the trauma that is being existence. a subject existence, and they're both interconnected. So there's the trauma that just basically and here's the thing here's the basic understanding of trauma which connects with how you open this podcast, is that we can often fantasize that our life would be perfect if only there was one little thing that didn't exist. You know, everything was going so well and then this happened, right? Yeah. So there's always seems to be something that, like a little stain in our lives, and if we could just get rid of the stain, everything would be wonderful. But the stain actually generates the fantasy that everything would be wonderful without it. Mm Mm-hmm. The stain is the necessary mark that creates life and also the fantasy of a perfect life. Uh, Trauma is the cut that both generates everything, but also seems to get in the way of us getting exactly what we want. Mm -hmm. And what we do is we, we often then, in concrete ways, live that out. So what's interesting, I was talking to somebody recently who had the same thing they were saying that my life just seemed to be going so well and then a disaster happened and, then and it just happened at the wrong time it was like everything was finally working everything was finally coming together it's like that's it was a beautiful description of how we all feel at times like yeah. oh if only i was a little bit thinner if only i looked a little bit better if only i had a little bit more money if only i'd said that thing to the person who died if only if only if only like one little thing yeah that- what's um what's interesting too about that kind of thing is uh especially working in this this town um and having colleagues and friends who are obsessive uh, obsessed with this idea of um not really success but with the idea of not having success with the idea of like i've done this and it just doesn't happen and i've been you know, like the cards haven't come up for me. And it's just like, I, if I had a sitcom deal, if I had a movie role, if I had this symbolic thing, then I would be happy. Um, but it's like, when you talk about stuff like, well, if only I was thinner, if only this person wasn't in my life, if only I wasn't in this relationship, then everything would be perfect. Like you're saying that the, or maybe not like you're saying, but the ironic thing is like, well, those things are very attainable. Like, yeah. and, like a oh, lot yeah. of these sort of things of like the big obstacle, it's like, you want to be thinner. Most people could, can get thinner yeah. And most people can rid themselves of a relationship that they're in or a dynamic that they're in. And so by them not doing that, that implies that they want that trauma, they want that obstacle, they want that thing with them because I do think that there is a terrifying unconscious knowledge that if you were to remove these obstacles, if you were to get the movie deal, if you were to get the book deal, 
yeah. or get into the whatever college you want to get into that you will be that there will be an emptiness like yes. there will be a vacant space where that 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 trauma that that fear that that whatever was uh was was taken exactly out. it's like if like ontic trauma is like a tear in the fabric of your reality and if somehow you were able to overcome that tear what you would discover is that the fabric is utterly torn mm-hmm. right and that's the terror you know so in one sense it's better to have the terror of the tear the terror of the tear yeah that is that is that is riven throughout the fabric mm-hmm. and so the issue and this is this is my wager with my work is that the more you can come to terms with the ontological trauma the more freedom you can have from your historical ontic traumas so basically if terrible things happen to us all and some people have more terrible things happen to them than others uh you can't help that life is like you can get cancer and you can have a healthy life whatever that you can't stop that mm-hmm. maybe medicine will you know can stop it but like in terms of just living your life terrible things will happen but they become traumas they become all consuming rep- repetition compulsions whenever we flee from um the the trauma that is life itself but the more we can embrace the trauma that is life itself the more we will still have terrible things that happen to us, we'll hate them, but we won't get into repetition compulsion. We won't get into kind of like circling our lives around our traumas, repeating our traumas, wanting our traumas in some weird unconscious way. Mm-hmm. So uh, the key in this in this this TV series, this episode, Real Life, is they were trying to escape their ontic trauma, but it returned in their fantasy just because it always returns they can't escape it and what the challenge is for those people is to come to terms with the trauma that is life itself and that will help them live with not enjoy god no but live with and make peace with their ontic traumas i love that man that's good stuff um yeah trauma is a uh it's such a big word too, and I feel yeah. like it's one of those words. It's I was talking with a buddy about this uh, recently, but like it's the same with certain words like um, depression uh, or being depressed, uh-huh. or like, there's cer- certain words that are so big that I am always hesitant to use them in any way or to to sort of adopt them as like something I'm experiencing because I don't as much as people on the internet will watch me and be like, you're, you seem depressed or you look depressed all the time. It's like, not, I don't, I don't identify with that particular thing, but also it's like, I don't because in my mind for one, maybe it's also just like, I feel like I have a good life and I'm from the South. It's like, don't complain about this type of stuff and don't, don't think that you're experiencing or don't, don't whine about how bad things are kind of get over it and move on. But so when it comes to stuff like trauma and depression or whatever, when you're actually experiencing, there's a little bit of a hesitance to like even accept that certain things have been traumatic for me or were traumatizing. And so that's also been something that I've learned throughout blah, 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 blah. But like a lot of it is going like, Oh, like, no, this actually was traumatizing for me. This actually does help explain why I am engaging in this behavior over and over again. Um, and it's funny that it takes, it, it's like pulling teeth for me to even be like, oh yeah, no, that is trauma. Because I would yeah. rather just be like, yeah, it sucked. But it was not, you know, it is what it is. It, you know, and I want to move past, I want to move so quickly to being past the trauma because I don't want to come off like hurt or like in, unwhole or incomplete or something. Yeah. So I'm just like, oh yeah, yeah, no, I, I mean, that was bad, but it, it you know, it's, it's better now. And I, I did that 
uh, for years I would be like, yeah, you yeah, know, this is, it is what it is. And I'm, I'm okay. You know, things are, things yeah. are good, but it's like, cause it, it better that than be like, I was traumatized, you know, yeah, I, yeah. I'm experiencing this like horrible thing, but that's the reality sometimes. Yeah. And also people sometimes use the, the, the word trauma. I mean, obviously we all use words incorrectly, but sometimes people use the word trauma to describe something nasty that happened. Yeah. But that's not, that's not technically what it is. That's what I'm trying to, it's like, weirdly something terrible could happen to you and you're not traumatized at all by it yeah you know somebody it's not the event it's the effect yeah but then then to me something relatively minor happens but i'm fundamentally traumatized by it (laughs) Uh, and that so trauma is weirdly not is it to make a distinction like you have to go down to get postmates instead of them coming yes that is a that is trauma move on (laughs) yeah that is trauma um yeah, so horrible things happen, but they become trauma when they tear the fabric. That's yeah. that's it. And so one kid can hear their parents argue and it's traumatizing. And for another kid, it, it doesn't. Yeah. It's a horrible thing, but it's not traumatizing. And so trauma really is not just like, oh, that this terrible thing happened. No, no it's a terrible thing happened. A trauma is when it... Um, a kind of it uh it becomes it becomes a tear that you revolve around yeah and you can't get you can't get past that repeats um, i uh i don't know if this is related at all but it was it popped into my head um and because my buddy who texted me a second ago you may have heard the ding from the phone i apologize <laughs> um mike falzone hilarious comedian oh yeah um, he's wonderful person and uh but we one time were hanging out and we smoked marijuana and we uh and at the time, I had not been doing that for uh, much. And I, we were like, let's just smoke pot and we'll watch Planet Earth. And it's like the, um, I think, adult guy hangout equivalent of like a kid being like, let's, what, let's eat junk food and watch, you know, I don't know, cartoons or whatever. And so it was just a very sort of like innocent, let's have a good time and chill and, and, and zone out and enjoy the Sunday. And uh we were watching Planet Earth, and it, there's this scene where it's like, I don't even know, remember exactly the animals associated. I think it was like, it's like antelope or, or something, but they're running from some kind of predator, tiger, leopard, whatever, probably mm-hmm. a leopard or something. And there is there was this moment where the leopard, like, for lack of it, I don't remember what exactly episode. Um, I don't know if there's any planet Earth like. It's because you were high at the time. Yeah, yeah. sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I vividly remember yeah. seeing this thing grab it, and yeah, being high, of course, amplified the whole experience. Yeah. And the, the the poor thing go it goes down, and rather than like fighting or like, because I always imagine like in nature it's carnage and it's just like it's like you're just fighting and you're trying to escape and you're going down and these animals are just like, even if they're being eaten, they're like, you know, they're like flailing and trying. Mm. This thing got tired and just sort of laid down and just let the thing eat it. And the look on its face was like, it was probably in shock and probably um, unable to process any of it, but it, it, it just was like staring off into space. It haunts me to this day it it comes up to the fact to the point that like mike brought it up recently and i was like don't even i was like i can't handle that man i was like i don't even know what happened it like got in my brain in some weird way and i don't know what it was about it but i'm pretty sure i know exactly what it was it was the vacant 
just giving up of this thing while it gets completely just eaten by another animal and it's just staring and just like allowing it to have this beautiful animal and i'm like and i was like sick to my stomach and i was like we gotta watch something else we gotta put something else on i was like i gotta take a walk and uh, obviously a lot of that is yes being high and whatever and it's a lot of whatever but even not being high uh, and like reflecting on it and, and just the objective image of it still just freaks me out. Uh, like so maybe someone in your, in your past, in your childhood, you were, you felt that you were being consumed while vacantly giving up. There was sure. something, yeah. So yeah. It's, something you know, there. Something there. That's, that's yeah. Something where it just even talking about now, I'm like, okay. Yeah. Uh, there's it. And so like whatever, yeah. What, get smoking um, pot with your friend and watching Planet Earth. If that can be traumatizing, anything yeah. can be. Well, yeah, uh, I had my experience, and I can't even remember the name of the movie, but it was a movie with Val Kimner. Batman Forever. Batman I know Forever. it traumatized yeah. a lot of that people. That was traumatizing. <laughs> um, no, he was he was innocent guy. I think he was innocent. Put into prison, and then basically it's just horrific injustice after injustice after injustice yep, are done yep, to this guy. Yep. But I remember. My um, friend Jay Baker, a great friend of mine, who got me to watch it, and I, w- I got so angry with him. I was like, Jay, I can't believe you're getting me to watch this. I got so angry, so frustrated. I had to go out for a walk. I was like, I, I don't know what, it- to this day, I don't know what it was about that movie, but it somehow yeah, some was, just- uh, it just clicked. And it's just. That's like, dude, last night I was watching. There is, I can't tell you because you haven't seen the episode, and this is also going to come out years after this episode aired. But it's the next to last episode of Game of Thrones, and there is a scene where um, you know the guy who's got like the burned face. He's a big guy, oh, like yeah, dog yeah. or something like that. Um, he has a fight scene, mm-hmm. and um, same thing, same like I was like sick to my stomach. I was like, what? is happening there's no pot there's no marrow there was i was completely sober watching this and i was like revolted by what was happening and basically what was happening is he it was a fight where you know he was uh outmatched to say the least and i'm curious to see your thoughts on it because it's it was horrifying it was just like it's like you can't do this like I, out loud i was like you can't the right don't tell thing. me anymore don't tell me anything you know, i was the, like but i was okay. very upset and so okay. not a word more but okay. uh well no you can get just just in case you go and then the small guy killed him or something oh, yeah, like that. No, yeah, no, no, yeah. yeah, I won't do that. But yeah. um yeah, it was it was a, a a fight scene that the the it was such that I was very affected by it. And then I got on Twitter and all the nerds were upset about the show. So anyway, that's okay, a different yeah. story. Um yeah, so <laughs> so trauma. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, ontic trauma happens to you. Ontic trauma can be dealt with best by dealing with the ontological trauma, which is the fact that life itself is trauma. Yeah, so yeah, like and your example, which probably like people who we have these we have these obstacles. If only I could get over this, things would be better. And yet, weirdly, we hold on to those things mm-hmm. because potentially there's something more traumatic than ontic trauma and it's ontological trauma. And uh, better to kind of go, oh, if only I could get rid of this, then my relationship would be perfect. Then realizing that relationships by definition aren't perfect. Mm-hmm. Uh, getting rid of that very fantasy. However, weirdly, it's in going to that place that you get beyond it. So it's actually embracing the ontological trauma that actually leads to a more full life mm-hmm. and also a life where you can better deal with the true, real, ontic traumas of life. So basically it's like life is difficult and we can make life better, but 
trauma is when we don't want to make life better weirdly trauma is when we attach to some suffering and we don't let it go mm-hmm. and we do we may say we want to improve our life but weirdly we repeat the destructive dimension of our life we may say that we want this uh say a good relationship but every time when the it's about to get serious we break up with the person yeah every time whenever it's going kind of really well we find some way to to screw it up with an affair or with a uh uh uh, so, you know, some other problem, destructive, comes destructive attack, behavior. Yes, okay, yeah. yeah, and you kind of go, okay. So there's a self sabotage, self sabotage, because there's a difference between contingent traumas and necessary traumas. The weird thing is, contingent trauma is you didn't want it; it just happened to you. Like that woman didn't want her colleagues to die; it just happened to her. But then when she enters her fantasy life, she repeats it of necessity. Mm-hmm. So the contingent thing that just happened because you were unlucky becomes something that's part of your psychic life and it becomes part of your destiny uh, until you're able to change your destiny. Yeah. Until you're able to uh, basically short circuit your destiny. In terms of dealing with the ontological trauma, um, would you also say that that's like the same as ontological shock? Isn't that something that you've said before that term? Oh, you used the term ontic shock. Ontic shock. Ontic shock. Okay. Which is, yeah, the shock of real. Yeah, which is definitely connected because ontic shock is the shock of realizing that you are a person in the world in history you know mm-hmm. it's it's the it's the shock of the, oh, child. the shock of the, yeah, yeah, waking so up basically. waking up and uh, and we still do want to look at our ontic shock that we fantasize a lack of ontological trauma yeah um yeah would you say that the way of uh dealing best with ontological trauma is to sort of escape or try to escape the fantasy that there is a perfect uh, yes. life behind your ontic shock or ontic, yeah. excuse me ontic trauma Yes, and I think that it takes. For me, there's two ways to do it. Like there's drugs, drugs, mm-hmm. and sex. Drugs and sex. Drugs yeah, and, and money. Yeah. yeah, and money. There's three. There's and three guns. ways to do it. Yeah, and guns. <laughs> um, there's the you know there's the individual like therapeutic model where you start with your ontic trauma and you work towards ontological trauma. So you you have a breakdown, a broken relationship, obsessive compulsive behaviors, whatever that get you to do therapy. And gradually, you come to terms with the uh, the trauma of life itself, and that weakens your yeah. your individual trauma. Either to the point that you just start enjoying it, you start to like your trauma. You go, "Oh yeah, I'm a little bit obsessive, but actually that makes me really good at my job," or that it dissipates the symptom entirely. And then the other side, which is the one I'm more interested in, is how do you do it as communities, where you have certain, where you start with the ontological and you move to the ontic. So you have a community that basically confronts the lack as a community, and that helps each individual come to terms with their individual traumas. So basically one starts with the individual and works to the universal, and one starts with the universal and works to the individual. That's cool. Yeah. Except if it's a community, you have to be around people, and that's yeah. traumatizing in its own right. Yeah, absolutely. And I've been to your events, and they are traumatizing. They are traumatizing, 100%. Um, that's very cool. Yeah, I like all that. Yeah, I know yeah. that uh, the the obviously doing the, in my own world, doing the therapy and then going through it. Now I feel like almost there's sort of a like a ending to sort of the, the a little bit of the um, sort of going from the ontic trauma to the ontological i can kind of could kind of map out or or see a little bit of that or feel a little bit of that i guess but um i remember when it was first happening and one of the things that was said was like why don't you just come down with the rest of us like down to earth with the rest of us like Mm -hmm. just 
come come down with the humans a little bit and it was me trying to be very perfect and trying to be very have it all figured out intellectually and like oh i know this and i know that i know what this is and you know and i was i and it's like going back to um uh kind of what we were chatting about yesterday with, with the like being intelligent and knowing a lot of the like words that we're mm-hmm. saying here ontic trauma ontological trauma uh you know whatever else these these very beautiful terms that yeah. help sort of or at least yeah. try to yeah. encapsulate these things um is so different from the existential process which is kind of what we were talking about in the last episode but the process the yeah. the, the pain of going through that is so um I don't know. I think it's so it's so difficult to explain, and it's so ultimately. I think it's an individual choice to to do that, and so it's it's like uh, my old thing is like I love this stuff. I love like encouraging people to be like go for it, like figure out, like get rid of the if you want to get out of that relationship, get out of it. But then it's like just know, like it's gonna have a great time afterward necessarily. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, no, totally, and and you're right, right. Like no matter how much you intellectualize this, that's that can be its own defense against experiencing it. You Intellectually, have to, yeah. You actually have to go through it. And I heard somebody say, and I thought this was very insightful, uh, that in life, for example, if you've got a relationship, you can break up with somebody, but. Uh, what you do is you repeat the, t- the same type of relationship with different people. Mm-hmm. So weirdly you break up with that individual, but you don't break up with the type of relationship you have. Or you can break up with the type of relationship that you have, uh, and then you can continue to go out with the same person. So weirdly what happens is the choice isn't between do I break up with somebody or do I stay with them? Often two people have to break up with the type of relationship they have so that they can start a new relationship with the same person. And that's more different than weirdly Mm -hmm. having a a different relationship with somebody else that's the same underlying structure. Yeah, because there's a placeholder. It's just like taking out one salt shaker and putting in another, yeah. So whenever you're, you know, I'm talking to somebody maybe in a relationship, you go like, listen, the, the issue is not break up or stay together. There's also this interesting third where you can kind of break up with that person and start a new relationship with them, i.e. without the trauma that you, you're repeating within mm-hmm. the relationship. Uh, and none of them is right, like basically, but you, the thing that's connected with all of them is you have to, you have to break up with the type of negative trauma that mm-hmm. you repeat. And then, you know, nothing might change in your life or everything might change in your life, but that, that doesn't matter as that's much. That's what I, I always like when I'm on Twitter and I see people that are like, all guys are assholes. Every guy is an asshole. Every guy that you date wants one thing, and it's yeah. sex, and he doesn't care about you, and he doesn't truly love you. This is across the board for all guys, and it's like, oh, do you think you had anything to do with the fact that like you're only dating assholes? Yeah, anyway. yeah, yeah. That's project. Like it's just choosing it over yeah. and over again, and like taking out one asshole, putting another asshole in, and being like, I can't believe you're an asshole too. Yeah, I know. When, whenever I think that someone else is thinking something, I have to go, hold on, am I am I replaying something? You yeah, know, it's yeah, like, yeah. I know what you're thinking, and yeah. you hear, especially when it's massive like that, when it's like society thinks or all women are or all men are. You go like. Okay, you know, that by definition is yeah. you're projecting something in internal, you're getting it out of your body by putting it externally into yeah. the other. It's called um, when morons philosophize. That's yeah. what, it's one of my favorite pastimes is when 
when uh when dummies are like you know what the thing is about the thing about the world about the and i say that as somebody who does a freaking philosophy podcast but like yeah <laughs> anytime somebody has these like broad strokes these very yes. yes sweeping a lot of grandeur behind it i'm like Mm-mm, yeah this is fun yeah you don't know what you're talking about yeah. or maybe you do yeah but probably not but anyway yeah very cool um well how are we doing are we doing like, yeah we're doing good i mean i i think we could do some takeaways and yeah and go enjoy our days wonderful that sounds good to me you're gonna go to palm springs i don't know what i'm gonna um, do Pete, i'm gonna go to palm springs and i'm gonna like have a great time yeah <laughs> uh yeah I'm, I'm super stoked about it but yeah i uh i'm gonna i just want to get on the road but yeah uh, that's also i'm just waiting patiently plenty of time to pack up do laundry this That's is, by the way, way, what I say about my speaking is I go like, when I speak, people have said to me, Pete, you could be a great speaker if only you kept on the subject, if only you didn't go off on tangents, if you slowed down. Yep. And I'm like, no, what you have now is a bad talk, which you imagine would be good if only I stopped doing those things. If I stopped doing those things, all you'd have is a crap talk, but no fantasy that it could be good. Right. So it's the same thing. It's like trauma is that very structure. It's the, the weird, annoying thing that gets in the way of the good that actually creates the fantasy of the good. And um, that and to, to bounce back to ping pong it, in you saying that, in you acknowledging that it that it's the very thing yeah. that is whatever is inherently a form of intellectualization that you yourself are using to protect yourself from the idea that you could be better and actually want to be better, and therefore you are using the idea of what you're talking about to protect yourself from the reality that the next echelon could be attainable. Or, mm. or which I would argue <laughs> is that by doing that. Or f you, man. Yeah, yeah, I'm out of here. I'm I'm out of here. Yeah. Well, or for me, it's it can be. I I say it as partly as a little subtle metaphor, which is that by saying that thing, it what it does is it creates a. It's a that's a good talk like a talk when when i say that it's kind of vaguely funny right so what mm-hmm. i'm saying is actually once you acknowledge the structure that the obstacle stop that stops you from getting what you want is actually part of getting what you mm-hmm. want once you acknowledge that you actually get to what you want yeah so in other words once you acknowledge that the obstacle is actually intertwined very with good. the fantasy and you acknowledge how they're intertwined then you actually get to something that's good yes so that's kind of like that's the little subtle meaning behind that yeah joke. what you're really doing is getting past the very thing that you're saying you exactly past, yeah enjoy your obstacle uh but which doesn't mean enjoy the horrible things that happen to you at all it's not but, sadism yeah 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 it's because you don't want to do you want to get out of repetitive compulsion but it's saying that oh the obstacles to life um uh you know instead of the acknowledging that the obstacles are part of life actually brings you to a healthier place love it wow what a fun episode there you go man so that's my takeaway do you have a takeaway i got so many thoughts i'm gonna have i'm gonna you just gotta go and repeat your traumas in palm springs ironic (laughs) always uh self-destructive behavior here we go yeah uh yeah no i'm gonna uh, speaking of repetitive repetitive compulsion i'm gonna probably this will be one of the few podcasts i myself listen to over a few episodes i'm excited about this one so that's my takeaway if that means anything um 
yeah, yeah, I think that's it. And folks, thank you for listening. And uh, also, just uh, again, if you could leave us a review, if you enjoy this oh, yeah. podcast, we'd super appreciate it. Tweet it out. Let people know about it when you're uh, when you're in talks with people, because we're living in an age right now, I think, where people are interested in this kind of thing. And I personally, speaking from an egotistical standpoint, think that this podcast offers something that it could be of value to a lot of people and is of value to a lot of people already, but could be to more. And so, um, yeah, we're proud of it. Please, uh, you know, by proxy, be proud of it. And we're proud of the fact that you're listening to it. Yeah. And thank you for, uh, for any support. Does that, what was that? Oh, it's great to have you on board. Yep. Yeah. Great to have you on board. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye.